Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our continuation of our NBA draft analysis series, and today we're going to talk about the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers only have one pick in this year's draft, and it's the 54th overall pick. So, Jalen, with a selection this late in the draft, what do you think the Pacers are going to do with this pick? So, I think the biggest thing is, like, they can't afford to, like, just swing at anybody this late. They obviously need to go for somebody who can be a bona fide rotational player off the rip. And, unfortunately, they kind of have a lot of positions they have to address. I mean, they still will have TJ Warren and Malcolm Brogdon on the books. Victor Oladipo was up for question, even though there's been a lot of rumors around him being potentially traded. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, he's a guy that we expect to be on the roster moving forward until proven otherwise. Obviously, DeMontis Sabonis is a guy who's pretty much certified himself as an all-star caliber forward at the power forward position, and really his only issue was just that he was injured going into the playoffs. I think the biggest wild cards here are the fact that Miles Turner has been on the books for a minute as a guy who could potentially get moved on from. There's been a lot of talk about him and DeMontis being each other's kryptonite on the floor when playing at the same time. Also, outside of that, they really don't have great depth at the positions that uh, really matter the most. I mean, Malcolm Broad is the lead point guard, but after that, it's Aaron Holiday and TJ McConnell from the 76ers. I'm sorry, you just really can't really build off of that. And all they, although the Holiday brothers, Aaron and Justin, are both, you know, coming into their own in terms of, you know, being a little bit of a, bro- a brother duo off the bench in this league, it's not really going to cut it. And it really doesn't help that they also don't have their coach yet. So with no coach, no true direction in regards to two of their more centerpiece uh, players in terms of Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner, I think they have to swing for the fences on a guy who can instantly, I don't know, instantly bring something to the team off the rip or just has crazy upside. I mean, obviously at 54, it's rough. So the positions of need here are obvious. It's either you need a, you need another point guard or you need to tackle someone at power forward who you feel like fits the bill enough to take the spot of a Miles Turner but can also warrant the a better chemistry situation in terms of playing alongside Demond- Demondis Sabonis. Because honestly, if you can't get a player the caliber of Miles Turner or at least a little bit, a little bit lesser – that can play with DeMontis, then you might as well just keep Miles Turner because his talent will outlast anything that you can get at 54. So it's interesting that you bring up upside and potential because I think if Indiana keeps this pick, I think they can go with a guy like Skylar Mays at 54 from LSU. This is mainly because I believe that there's a chance Victor Oladipo may not be on this team next season. And I think they need somebody who they can plug into the lineup and make them an instant scorer. I think Mays has been a solid player at LSU last season. He put up 16 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists a game. At 6'4", 205 pounds, I think he has some solid size for a combo guard. He's also really an 
an all-around athlete, a great all-around athlete. I think he's solid on and off the ball, whether it's driving to the lane or creating his own shot or even finding somebody off the dribble. I think what I like about him the most, though, is that he doesn't try to do too much on the offensive side. As a defender, I think he makes it really difficult for others to create their own shot. I think he's a very patient defender. He also tries to get to the ball and cut off as many passing lanes as possible. And I think he would be a good choice considering that considering that there's a chance Victor Oladipo may not be there, like I said earlier. In terms of replacing Miles Turner, I feel like they can go with anyone in this draft. But again, I think having only one pick, it puts you at a disadvantage in terms of which positional hole do you fill out first? What positional hole do you fix first? And I think that's the biggest issue right now for Indiana. I mean, simply putting it, I mean, the three guys that I would have went with if we were talking about either addressing the guard position or addressing power forward would easily be, I'm going to start it with, with Jay, uh, Jay Scrubs out of the, out of uh, JUCO, um, junior college prospect, 6'6", has all the kinds of measurables that has that intense upside that I mentioned earlier. I think the biggest thing with him is just the fact that, like, he's a wild card. I mean, he's projected to go undrafted. He's a guy who has all the measurables in the world to be at bare minimum, a bench scorer that has the the fill out to have defensive prowess. Uh, the next guy after that would probably be Peyton Pritchard. I mean, having a microwave scorer off the bench who can actually facilitate and run the offense is huge because Malcolm Brogdon, his health has been a concern since Virginia. I mean, to to be quite frank, since college, Malcolm Brogdon has been a guy who struggled with injuries and. I mean, it took him four years just to, you know, really establish himself all the way from, his, you know, his last year in college to now in terms of really coming off as a dynamic player for them. His deal from Indiana, I think it was money well spent. I don't think they should regret picking him up. But that injury concern, I mean, it's something that you have to keep an eye on, out on. And somebody like Peyton Pritchard, he's almost in a similar realm as Malcolm Brockton is, four-year player that essentially does all the things you need him to do, at least in terms of playing pure point guard. Now, defensively, there's questions on that one in comparison to Malcolm Brogdon, who can strap him up when necessary. But in terms of being able to actually run an offense, it's, it's Peyton Pritchard all day. He's probably one of the better guards in terms of running an offense besides Cassius Winston. I just don't think they're going to get Cassius Winston at any type of 54. You got to be smoking something real good to think that they'll, that he'll fall that low. And then the third person, honestly, on the list, and, I mean, it's it's a toss-up as if he even gets that far, but Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State um, at power forward is automatically the next bucket to me. I think, if anything, shoot, give that dude a chance. 6'10", 250, 20 years old, so he's still young to build around, has defensive potential. He averaged oh, nearly a block and a half a game in his sophomore season. He's a guy who – can float around to the perimeter a little bit, but I think that he can actually leave that to DeMontis Sabonis, who showed he's got a little bit of a jimmy from back there. And the main thing is, if DeMontis Sabonis can handle things from the outside, this dude shot 50% from the floor and averaged 17 points per game. And he actually averaged 20 points per game per 36 minutes. The only concern really with him is just the fact that he, he could turn the ball over a lot for the position he plays. He averaged nearly three, three turnovers per game. 
But I think when you can get nearly three assists per game and you can get double-digit rebounds with at least 10 points in a, as a rotational power forward or maybe even a starting power forward for the team, I think for a team that's not really asking for a lot out of the power forward position, Reggie Perry could step right in. And if they move on from Miles Turner, it would probably be worth whatever capital they get if they can get draft compensation, especially if maybe they can get draft compensation from next year's draft that has a lot more talent in it and kind of get this thing moving a little bit because they drastically kind of need to start building something together because they've been a team that's, pretty much hit their ceiling. And I think that had to do a lot with why Nate McMillan was fired. So now we're in a position where the Pacers have to figure out what the next play is. And obviously it sucks that it has to start with the 54th overall pick, but you got to make do. Well, I mean, I've kind of said this already, but I've always said that they were a middle of the pack team and because they fired their coach. Now I think it's their opportunity to either decide where they go next. Do they stay in the middle of the pack do they grow as a team, possibly as a contender for the NBA Finals, or do they regress? I think, honestly, this draft will ultimately determine what happens, maybe even in free agency as well. I think if you select a guy like Reggie Perry, I think that kind of signals that Miles Turner's time is pretty much over in Indiana. I think if you get a guy like Peyton Pritchard or Jaden Scrub or Skylar Mays, that kind of signals that somebody is probably going to get traded at some point, whether it's Victor Oladipo or Aaron Holiday or Justin Holiday or Malcolm Brogdon, who knows. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. So we mentioned Victor Oladipo, and you had mentioned that there were some trade rumors that he denied. Jalen, what are your thoughts if Victor Oladipo actually gets traded out of Indiana? So, I mean, it's kind of a reckless play by them, to be honest with you. You don't even get to see, like, what the guy looks like, like, when he's healthy. Like, we understand that Victor Oladipo is, like, I would say – I mean, I'm not going to say anything crazy, but he's he's at bare minimum top seven at his own position, which, is like, is, is pretty respectable in a league that has a lot of top-notch guards, not even in his conference, really, which makes the whole thing pretty skewed. But – I mean, some of the trades that I've seen, the the main ones have been centered around the Los Angeles Lakers, which is extremely interesting, but because they do need guard help, I just really wonder whether or not they really have the capital to to act as though they can trade for a player of Victor Oladipo's caliber. But they have Kyle Kuzma. I mean, they do have guys on the roster that are relatively veteran plug-in players, and they do have the 28th overall pick. If they are able to trade within a position like that, that does help them a lot to be able to get a guy at the end of the draft. We were talking about guard earlier. That that's in that's in a range for a guy like a Trey Jones, who potentially could step in. If we're talking about power forward, there's that's a space for maybe Isaiah Stewart out of Washington, who's a big athletic body who could maybe be a a small ball rebounder for them. That's that's in the question as well. I mean, honestly, even that low down, I don't think that this is in the cards, but a guy like Theo Maladon that you've made a lot of uh, headwaves about on the podcast in past episodes as a prospect is a guy who is in, in on the table. I don't think he'll fall that far, but it's on the table. And I mean, even if you want to go for guys who are projected a little bit lower, there's still guys on the table like potentially Cassius Winston, Jamias Ramsey, who has been all up and down the board, Robert Woodard, who granted plays the small forward position, but 
they do still kind of need a three and D wing and Robert Woodard isn't like the epitome of that, but he's going to give you the defensive prowess aspect of it. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that they could potentially still hit with a pick like that and getting a guy like Kyle Kuzma in return, it might be a good trade-off for a team that needs buckets. That's kind of their biggest downfall I feel like is their ability to score the basketball and they're very reliant or very dependent on Victor Oladipo or DeMontis Sabonis to make things happen Brogdon finds a way to kind of sneak in a 20 and 10 night here and there at the point guard spot but he has more steady 15 5 and 5s than he does 25 point outbursts with seven assists and you know four or five rebounds so it's like there's a lot of different routes they can go. I think the biggest thing is with Victor Oladipo in the draft aspect of things, they have to go for teams that have a respectable first-round pick. I don't think the Lakers at 28 is a good one. If you want me to just be personally uh, – to make a personal preference, this is not a situation where I think that you reach out to the Celtics the way we've mentioned beforehand. Victor Oladipo does not really fit on this Celtics team, and I don't see why they would pick up the phone – um, there have been questions and a lot of rumors surrounding Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat do have the 20th overall pick. And it actually is their only pick in this draft. Are they willing to part with their only pick in the in the 2020 draft for Victor Oladipo, considering the caliber of the tra- the draft? Maybe they do. And, you know, in circumstances where they might be at a pick at 20, Alexi Pokustevsky is possibly in the running for that. Cole Anthony is possibly in the running for that. Guys like Tyrese Maxey, even our Maryland guy, Jalen Smith, is in the mix in that area. So I think it really just comes down to if they're going to trade Vic, they have to get some type of immediate draft capital that can like actually move the needle. You can't, I don't think the Lakers trade pitch is all that great. And I think you would literally just be sending Vic to the Lakers just to give the Lakers another star quote-unquote star caliber player and that's kind of rough so I think Indy got like you said beforehand when it comes to the trades the the offseason in general in terms of the draft and anything in free agency this offseason is huge for them because I think anything they do this offseason is going to be a lot more imperative than any move they can make last second at the trade deadline of next year so this offseason is like extremely important. So Jalen and I were talking off camera about this as well. And the possibility of Indiana packaging that 54th overall pick with a player to trade into the first round. I think if you do trade somebody into the first round, it would have to be Oladipo. He's really the only guy on this Pacers team that has at least some trade value. And it also wouldn't be the first time that Victor Oladipo was traded on draft day. If you remember Victor Oladipo was traded from Orlando to Oklahoma City in 2017. So, honestly, this would not be the first time that Oladipo would be traded on draft day. However, if you are trading Victor Oladipo in the 54th pick to try again to the first round, I think really the only options that you have are teams that have late first-round picks. I'm talking to the Los Angeles Lakers, the Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat, those teams. I think Miami seems like a good destination for Victor Oladipo considering, yes, there's a chance that they need guard play. There's a chance that Goran Dragic might not be on this team, on the Miami team next season. 
and they're also probably going to lose Andre Iguodala considering he's only on a one-year deal. So honestly, I think Miami's going to need some guard help, and Victor Oladipo might sound pretty good to Miami right now. It might be a good move to send Victor Oladipo to Miami right now. I mean, mainly, I think if we're going to talk about Miami being the trade destination, which is probably the best route for us to go, because that's the place that he's been, quote-unquote, rumored to the most, um, especially after there was video of him speaking with Bam sometime during the bubble after one of their games against the Pacers. I think the big thing with Indiana is I don't think you're going to command a guy like Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson in a trade track on trade transaction like that. But I think if you can get the 20th overall pick and maybe get a guy like Kendrick Nunn, who really kind of needs the minutes we saw this year, he was a part of the rookie of the year race and did make first team all rookie this year. So he's no slouch at all, but he's a guy in the playoffs that, he pretty much got played out of the rotation. Let's just be honest about it. He got played out of the rotation. And even in game three, in that game that they won, he was floating around with four or five fouls before that game ended. He's not a guy who come playoff time, I think is somebody you can rely heavily on. And I think if you're going to trade Victor Oladipo, it's weird to say this talking about Vic, who's like around 25, 26 years old. But I think if you're trading Victor Oladipo, you're automatically hitting the reset button, even if you have a guy like DeMontis Sabonis or a guy like Malcolm Brogdon on the roster. I think you're starting to make adjustments to kind of go younger and go based off of guys who have young who have young potential that can still bud into something. A guy like Kendrick Nunn really just bursted on the scene. When he first went undrafted, he was on the G League team for the Golden State Warriors. This is a guy who's still kind of getting his feet underneath of him as a undrafted rookie pretty much. So to be able to get some run with an Indiana Pacers team with very low expectations, that might be a good pickup for them to get the 20 overall pick. I guess you could potentially throw in one of the rotational players that they have um, on the roster. Who that would be is kind of a huge question in terms of where you would want to go. Is this the time where you part with a guy like Derek Jones Jr.? I'm not really sure. It kind of really depends. But I think if you trade Vic, I think you have to at least get two young players from the Heat. And if you can get that 20th overall pick to kind of sweeten the deal up, that's the move. Now, obviously, the biggest thing is we have to look at things from the Heat perspective. And I kind of want to get your input on this because that's the most important part because the deal has to be mutual. There has to be what what's in it for me. For the Miami Heat, obviously the way that it works is like you said beforehand, they could potentially be losing Goran Dragic. And if they move on from Kendrick Nunn by involving him in the transaction, you essentially do cut your guard depth down. But if you get Victor Oladipo as the exchange for that, I think you can deal with losing a guy like Goran Dragic, who's up in age, 37 years old, and a guy in Kendrick Nunn who didn't show you very much in the playoffs. Pairing him with Jimmy Butler, you you initially set yourself up as the Heat as a truly defensive team that has two guys in the backcourt with that type of acumen by having him with alongside Jimmy Butler. And it kind of embodies the overall mold of the Heat in terms of Victor Oladipo being a scrappy player that can play both ways, which pretty much this Miami Heat team has about four or five of those kind of guys who can give you great offensive production nightly while also being able to hold their own on the other side of the court. So if we're going to keep it a buck, I think Indy probably should be calling the Miami Heat's phone, but I think that has a lot to do with 
what kind of deal they think they're going to get. Because I think anything less than the 20th overall pick, Kendrick Nunn and someone else, is automatically a phone call that even as Indiana, I would probably hang up the phone early. So transitioning now to our question of the day for our fans, where do you see Indiana going in terms of the draft? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace. Peace.